Hello, everyone. You are listening to Scary Stories from Camp Roanoke, a podcast where we tell each other true scary stories. My name is Katie Wiggins. And I'm Morgan Driscoll. And uh, we usually draw upon paranormal television shows, and it's a very casual manner uh, in which we discuss them. So don't be afraid of being afraid. <laughs> Uh, especially not with this episode. Um, Morgan is in the throes of graduating from college. So, um, so I decided to take on the mantle of telling two stories in a row. I know it's so hard for me to accept being in the limelight even more, but somehow I manage. Um, so I'm really excited to tell. I'm so stoked. Series of stories that I have for you today. It's another series of them because I got it from the fantastic television show Haunted History. Um, It is a fantastic show, I think, produced in probably 1998. Judging by the computers in the recreations. Um, and, uh, And they go to different areas, different regions or cities and talk about the haunted stuff going on in there. (laughs) <laughs> and because I've got a New England road trip planned uh, in about a, in about two months, me and some friends are going up to Bar Harbor. And so I thought I'd do Haunted Maine. I know, I know. We tiptoe around Maine a lot. We mention it a lot. I figured why not just go fully in? You know what movie I watched a couple days ago? What? I kept doing the welcome to the town voice so much mm-hmm. that Roger and I were like, let's just watch the movie. So we Wait, watched the Scooby-Doo, um, like, New New Hampshire looking movie. I need to, I don't think, I think that's the one I haven't seen, so I really should. It's got a witch, it's got Tim Curry, it's got New England, and it's got eco-goth band girls. Okay, so, I those got are a, literally all of my qualifications you could want. <laughs> for a fantastic film. Um, so whenever I decided to do this, I was like, let me look into what a real Maine accent is. Because we talk about it a lot, we joke about it. But I was like, I want to know what the fuck is up. And along my travels, I came across a video called Maine Humor. Oh, <laughs> God, no. 1985. Oh, no. I laughed so hard. It's so it's this guy named Jim Sample. He's a famous New England humorist. Has lived in Maine his entire life. And he does basically like a caricature of like a Mainer. And uh and listening to him the the real down east Maine mm-hmm. accent is different than like the accent in popular culture. Mm-hmm. In popular culture it'd be like over the Bahaba, mm-hmm. but like it's actual weird Mainers is like Bahaba. Yeah, it's like more I'm like. like bah, 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 bah. Yeah, it's <laughs> very weird. It's probably the weirdest dialect I've ever seen. It's really hard to nail because it's like Boston, but not at all like Boston. It is. It is like it's closer. It's almost like the Kennedys. Like it's got that sort of feel to yeah. it where it's almost up in your hard palate but then you just eh. yeah Quimby, <laughs> but then it's real yeah yeah so, uh, it's there it's, is a modern day comedian that does a manor caricature and his uh, actual given name is bob marley <laughs> his birth oh, no. given name <laughs> so but they make a lot of jokes about like 
being from here or from away. Lived here for 40 years, but I'm from New Hampshire, so I'm from away. They'll never accept me. I think that's fucking hilarious. Yeah. And then I watched a movie from the 1970s called The Girl at the End of the Lane with Jodie Foster. And uh, that was set in Maine. And then there was an Italian cop who said, the people here, if your parents didn't come over on the Mayflower, they think you're an immigrant. And I was like, whoa. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Love it. This is terrible and I'm into it. So anyway... Just to really just to give a thorough setting of the scene. Turns out Maine humor is not about lobsters per se, Um, but it's mostly just about being from here or being from away. They also call their wives mother, which I feel like is a very southern thing. Ugh! But I don't even hear that in the south. Yeah. How's it going, mother? But I can't. I can't do it. I can't do Mama. the accent. It goes to. Ugh. I Mama. I it's I yeah. I can almost like not stop doing. Like yesterday when I was watching a bunch of videos, I was like I can't stop talking this way, and it's it's weird. It gets in your bones. I so I'm I'm excited to visit. I'm, I'm I'm really pumped up. It's gonna be a good time. So, Maine. It was described in this television show as a phantom's paradise, which thought was a little bit of an overstep but uh maybe not okay so we're gonna start in the 19 oh in the 1700s just a little bit throw it back okay with a mr jonathan buck now jonathan buck was the first justice of the peace in bucksport named after him and he was a big deal in the community and he basically started the community Oh, God, it's not attractive. Okay. Um, So the Buck family graveyard has a large, it's like a big monument, almost like an obelisk. And it has a large marker. And on the like marble or the granite base of this like obelisk memorial thing in their graveyard, one could call it a um, tombstone. Uh... (laughs) There's the image of a woman's leg just in the granite. It's just a shapely woman's leg. Like, so you can imagine the Maynas have come up with their own uh, explanations uh, for why such a thing should happen. Is it and the whole leg? It's a... It's Foot to a, thigh? I think it's just thigh to calf to <laughs> ankle. <laughs> I don't what? think there's a full foot. I don't know. Um, But there's a leg. What? Okay. okay. And that has spurred... (laughs) Some conversations, I'd imagine. Some conversations, yes. You'd be right about that. So, here are some of the explanations that people have for this mysterious leg. Number one. Jonathan Buck had an affair with a beautiful young woman in the village. A beautiful young leg. (laughs) And uh, I think one time we joked that, like, Maine women had sturdy legs or something. May- well, I, yeah. I, that sounds like something I would say. Yeah. And uh, anyway, he keeps it a secret from his wife for months, but she eventually finds out and threatens to tell the town council and everyone and ruin his reputation. So as a result, Jonathan concocts a story to save himself. He says that 
He suspected the woman he was having an affair with of witchcraft, and it it was really his moral duty to spend time with her and investigate. Investigate all the possible places where her witch magic (laughs) might be hiding, any nook, cranny, whatever. Um... Only problem is, if you mention witchcraft Jesus in the Christ. 1700s in New England, she's gonna people die. love to kill them. And they did. <laughs> so everyone's Aww. like, wait, she's a witch? And he's like, yes. <laughs> then they were like, okay, well, we're going to try her and hang her. And he's like, okay. And then he just watched. And I can just imagine. Yeah. The original fuck boy was Jonathan Buck. I'd like to become a witch right before I was killed just to fucking fuck with him in the afterlife. Well, my darling, you mustn't look any further for that sort of retribution. Ah! So they say... Yeah. I Too much. Uh, <laughs> so while she's being about to be executed apparently she sets a curse on him and claims that she will dance on his grave beautiful which is about what one might say to a fuck boy Mm -hmm. (laughs) responsible for their death or a buck boy as mr jonathan was you beautiful thank you so she sets a curse on him apparently that she'll dance on his grave Mm -hmm. and uh and that's supposed to explain why there's a leg there's a leg on his grave that won't come off and no one can explain it there's another story which is even less believable uh that that is that they had an illegitimate child together and that they were going to burn her which i don't think in the u.s they burned any witches they just hung them because burning is an awful complicated matter and you use a lot of resources although it'll keep you warm in the winter so they needed the witches to make the fire oh we ran out of logs let's burn the women (laughs) (laughs) so uh they have theoretically they had this illegitimate child while his mother is being burnt he grabs her leg and tears it from her Oh, in like dissolving body, <laughs> which just wouldn't happen. I mean, no. you have to be out there for a long time before you could, for a child could easily dislodge a leg. Yeah, no. And then I don't know, runs amok with what it, ru- runs it? around with it. What do you fucking do with What's that? The plan now. <laughs> so uh, that's another explanation for why there would be a leg there. I don't. I'll take that one. <laughs> that feels like a stretch, but ah. Like how you stretch your legs? Mm. <laughs> Not anymore. So, in about 1899, the Colonel Buck and the witch story circulates because after you live in an isolated part of Maine and nothing really happens, old stuff gets dragged up and that's yeah. a fun thing to talk about if there's no drama. And a woman... Finds a rock. Uh, she, like, visits the, the cemetery, sees the whole leg situation. She finds a rock. And the rock, <laughs> the woman who's telling this story said, falls apart. <laughs> it falls apart in her hands. And it, like, separates, like, in half. And then in, like, an imprint on either side is the image of a leg. What the hell? 
She sends it to Bucksport and says she's had bad luck ever since she's found it and to please not return it, but I think this is the leg. Part of the town is offended by the tainted reputation of its founder. They're like, Jonathan Buck didn't have an affair with a witch. And he just had an affair with a regular woman. He just had an affair with a regular woman. How dare you assume he would (laughs) align himself with the occult. Um, But she was killed. Yes. (laughs) But uh, but other people are just like, well, people visit and give us money. So we don't mind (laughs) because people hear about this curse and they're like, oh, let's go to Bucksport. In the Um, 1800s. I think since it has, like, become a thing. I like it. Yeah. So I just gave that little taste to bring us into Bucksport, where later in the 90s, or, well, when the documentary was made, it was very recent, a Bucksport resident named Cheryl Leach and her daughter start having nightmares. They're both having the same nightmare of a woman underwater frantically looking for something they're so upsetting to them that they start to think that maybe this was a real person and that maybe they're channeling some sort of something so they decide to do some research into it they do research connect with various people eventually find an article about sarah ware 52 year old woman uh in 1898 the 1898 article they find a picture of her in a museum, and they both know immediately that that's the, the, the right woman. That's incredible. Right. So here's the story of Sarah Ware. The way the people, I think from the historical society or something, describe her was that she was a domestic by trade, worked in a home, originally from Nova Scotia, and a hardy woman, a buxom sort of gal, seemed to prefer the company of men and play cards. Sounds Les- like my kind of gal. <laughs> I do not prefer the company of men. I shan't be at that card table. <laughs> so, legend has it that during a poker game, when she resisted the men's advances, they knocked her over the head and crushed her skull. Oh! Yes. To cover up their crime in a panic, they move her body to a field. Dear God. Three weeks later, she's found. Her jaw and cheekbone are missing, and her lip and ear are found nearby. When they try to lift her body, her head falls off. And for some fucking reason, they keep it, the head, and bury the rest of the body. What? You don't gotta be religious to know that that's probably not a good idea. That's... People's bodies just shouldn't be separate. It's it's just wrong. No, especially the head. Yeah, of all the body parts, I mean, like go without your hand, maybe, but not like. Yeah, if you can't find like the ear, abandoned ship, but don't just take a head. (laughs) No, I don't. They just kept it in storage evidence. Wait, this was in the eighteen nineties. Yes. Did they have refrigeration? No. <laughs> how did they How did they store a human head that was deceased? It's Maine. Never oh, gets I, warm. <laughs> that's so true. 
I have no idea. So. Sit in the snow. That's the story. But the thinking is that the paper. The poker game may have been a setup. The night she was murdered, apparently there weren't no poker game at all. She was just walking home from work. It led to the most sensational trial in Maine at that point. They were thinking that maybe all the men just were mad at her for some reason and decided she ought to be better off under the ground. (laughs) Or separated (laughs) on top of a field. Yes. (laughs) That was also another option. So it leads to the most sensational trial in Maine at that point. Maybe ever. I don't know of any trials. Potentially ever. Yeah, I don't know of any either. I know they were really big into prohibition, like literally a hundred years before the rest of the United States took it up. Weird. Maine is has a history of some intense conservatism. They really mm-hmm. love to suffer. I mean, obviously that's clear because they live in they a place love, yeah. where humans are not really meant to habitate. It's so fucking cold and terrible. And their favorite coffee is Dunkin' Donuts. Mm. So obviously they're masochists. <laughs> So religious weirdness and extreme conservatism really appeals to them because they love to suffer. They're so bad. So many believe that the trial was fixed. A man was charged, but people believe that he was hired to get rid of the body and was promised that if he was accused of the crime and went to trial, he would get off as he did. He was acquitted. So it seems like they just oh got some patsy, paid him gosh. a bunch of money, and then fixed everything because they were all higher-ups in the court and just got it fucking taken away. So this poor woman is just headless and dismembered and buried and nobody gives a fuck. No justice. I'm so, so bothered. 1930s. Cemetery she was buried in needed to be relocated so that they could fill that area for a reservoir. water never a good idea but i also feel like there's gotta be gotta be another place to do that but yeah Yeah. let's dig up a bunch of bodies good plan so she that reservoir her body was supposedly relocated to another cemetery there's no evidence of this and then that land was covered in water so they're thinking that that's why they had dreams of her being underwater trying to find something it's the water from the reservoir and she's potentially still under there so cut to i think the 1980s sarah ware's head is still in storage and a group of main women her head is still in storage yeah boo there's so much just like evidence in boxes that like but it's a has head been there for a hundred years. Times. Well, now it's a skull, and 1890s is not ancient times. Well, it's a lot more ancient than I've ever been to, you know. <laughs> Let's just think about that. <laughs> I'm not an English major. Okay. Never claimed to know the language. Great. So now that that's settled, <laughs> um, a group of women 
hear about this story mm-hmm. and are just like, no, fuck no. This woman doesn't just get to be buried with no justice. This woman Good. was brutally murdered and we are going to find out who did it and we're going to get her head with the rest of her body because no one deserves to be disrespected like that. Yay. Yes. Women look so, out for women. Yes. It. So they are dedicated to finding her head and reuniting it with her body. What a hobby. <laughs> so they discover the head 80 years later to the month. It was placed in the ground where her body was supposedly moved in the 1930s. So they were able to fulfill their aim. They had friends all over Maine and in the little like in the courthouse and in the evidency place and they talked went through all the right channels and pulled some strings and got it so that her head was buried supposedly where her body also is. All her items from the murder trial are on display, however, such as her purse, rings, and the bloody cloth that was rolled under her head. It's still bloodstained. There have been reports, which I want to visit if we happen to pass through Bucksport. And uh, there are reports of a lonely woman walking by the reservoir at night. Cheryl, yeah, Cheryl Leach believed that she started having dreams about Sarah for a reason. So that she could tell her story and to uncover the truth of what happened that night. We do get her story told very vaguely and with very few details, but... Her head is in the ground and no longer in some municipal office in Maine. So that feels like a win. Yeah. <laughs> We're just going to go forward thinking that's a win. As much of a win as she could have. Yeah, probably. So we're going to go from there <laughs> to a desolate island. Now, this is where the Seguin Lighthouse stands. Now, they didn't pronounce it Seguin. They pronounced it like Seguin or something. But I went to college near Seguin, Texas, and they pronounced it Seguin. And then I Googled it, and they pronounced it Seguin. So we're going to pronounce it Seguin. S-E-G-U-I-N. Sounds familiar. Maybe because of Seguin, Texas. Mm Mm-hmm. I think there's also a haunted hotel in Seguin, Texas. Ooh. I think you may have already talked about it. I can't remember. Maybe. Maybe I have. <laughs> so, Seguin Lighthouse. It was in operation from 1798 until 1985 when it became automated. Until lighthouses became automated, it was the lonely task of the lighthouse keeper to tend to the lights. These lights were extremely important in saving the lives of countless seafaring men. Um, If there was no lighthouse, everybody would just crash into the rocks. But what a sacrifice, because that lighthouse keeper is often out in like the most desolate, lonely places in whatever state that they're in. And, and I there's feel like not living a lo- in a tube would make me kind of upset. <laughs> I never thought about it from that angle. <laughs> it is round. If it I is lived- like perfectly round. No, yeah. you don't live in the lighthouse. There's usually like a little house just like to Some the left. Some people live of the in the lighthouse if it's 
sometimes. But there's like, where do you hang a picture frame if all the walls are That's round? Why it's depressing. <laughs> <laughs> I can't adorn this godforsaken place. <laughs> that would depress me. Yes. All right. Well, new things to think about. So, <laughs> so legend has it. Well, actually, maybe not let... It's all very confusing. It's like when I... This one time I bought um, A History of Ireland. And like 200 pages in, they started talking about like gods and goddesses and someone being buried and that will return again and like these like mythical warriors. And I'm like, wait, is this a... Is this history or is this folklore? You said it was history, but this is folklore. And I don't know where one begins and the other ends. And what... So it's huh. kind of like that in the sense that I'm like, wait, do we know these people mm. existed? Because you don't give a name, but then there's records, but then everyone seems to be aware of it. It's mm. mm-hmm. If it's not exactly true, we can probably assume something similar happened somewhere in the world at some point. <laughs> Good point. So take solace in that. Ah. <laughs> ah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Had a neighbor from New Hampshire. Didn't step foot in Maine till he was six months old. He said, are my kids considered Mainers? I said, well, you could have kittens give birth in an oven and I'm not going to call them biscuits. (laughs) That was beautiful, Katie. That's Maine humor. My grandmother, (laughs) I think she's from Massachusetts. She's lived in New England all of her life. She's lived in Maine for... Probably at least 50 years. Like she's lived in Maine forever. And she has no accent whatsoever. Hmm. None at all. My grandfather? Because she's Maine from accent. away. She's from away. <laughs> <laughs> she's not a Maine. Oh, no. <laughs> so, Seguin Lighthouse. There is a young lighthouse keeper there in the mid-1800s with his wife. Oh. He- He hoped his wife would handle the isolation well. Well. (laughs) Let's all just ruminate in that sentence. If you've ever seen The Shining, they never do. No. And the husband almost inevitably handles it worse. Yeah. So. Yeah. Because the women, once it's bad, they're like, I'm getting the hell out. We have to go. And, and then they're the like, no, I like, want to tend no, to the land. I I've been chosen. Here. <laughs> like okay. the ram's head in. So, oh, wow. Funny. Yes. So they're living there for a while. But after a few months, the cracks begin to show. So um, they're out on this desolate ass island in Maine, which is already like a desolate, a desolate. Ass state <laughs> at that point. Still. Yes. Um, so it's like already a hard to get to place and they're in a hard to get to place in a hard to get to place. <laughs> and they're on a goddamn, in a lighthouse. And they're in a tube. Yes. So, um, not a lot to do. There's no, the guy who was talking about it was just like, you know, there's no CDs, there's no stereo, <laughs> there's no There's no MTV. And I was like, why are all of these like music related? Like there's no CDs, there's no stereo to play your CDs and there's no music television. Like is that all we can do for entertainment? Is that's all we it's just music related 
Media. Okay. Well, there's also books, but hey. <laughs> no. <laughs> so, um, so they don't have anything to do. Oh, God. I know. I'd probably just get really good at drawing. Or... I mean, you already are. Throw myself off the <laughs> fucking lighthouse. Because I'd be bored as hell. So... His husband's like, I'm going to, her husband's like, I'm going to do something nice for my wife so she doesn't go completely insane. And I'm going to bring her, get her a piano. Aww. So from probably about Boston, the order gets sent. It uh, travels up to Maine and then is on like a ship and then is put on another boat. And then it's carried by oxen onto their island. Wow. She gets this piano it's taken apart and then taken up all the stairs and then reassembled. Oh, God. She better fucking use it and like it. <laughs> it's like a situation where she's like, oh, no, I will practice. I really want to. And it's like, I had that assembled piece by piece. It took six years to get it here. You're practicing that fucking piano. She's like, I so just she gets it up. <laughs> so he gets it up there. Problem is, uh, this guy doesn't seem overly smart. Maybe that's why they put him on an island in the most desolate place in America. Uh, because he was like, oh, you need sheet music. Well, it only came with one piece of music. Oh, God. So that should keep you entertained for maybe 10 years. <laughs> so, she, but she only knows how to play from sheet music, so... She's equally uncreative, and they seem made for each other. Oh, God. What song was it? I don't know. The one they were playing on the television was Moonlight Sonata, but I feel like, no. I feel like I think that's just the one they had the rights to. Like Hot Cross Buns or whatever that song is. <laughs> I... Or like Yankee Doodle. I think it's something very generic. Ugh. That would be horrible. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's Yankee Doodle. So, um, so within days, she masters this piece of music, but she doesn't have anything else to play, so she just plays it over and over and over. Oh, she refuses to play anything else. The same. I I I can't tell you why. Okay, okay. Not because I know, but because I just can't understand why. Not. Oh, okay. No, there's no secret reason why he can't buy her any music. It's not like he takes off the ribbon and her head falls off. There's, I, I don't know. Mostly it's um, story and uh, folktale, but we'll see. So she's just playing the same song over and over and over and over and over. Husband says, this song has got to fucking end. It's driving me to madness. Yeah. Please stop. And she nods and nods and nods and then is it has become her obsession apparently she's got nothing else to do I don't blame her literally so late one night legend has it he crept into the living quarters of the lighthouse as she played he carried the weight of an axe in his hand <gasps> and brings it down tenfold on his bride mid-song. Why not just the piano? Well, I guess that was that was a gift. Oh. He wouldn't be rude to the gift. 
<laughs> he really just should have destroyed the piano. Yeah. Oh no. I would have taken out like the keys that were integral to the song when she was asleep. <laughs> I don't know where they went. Looking for these? <laughs> Just jangling a burlap sack of all the <laughs> Fs. <laughs> so, <laughs> I carved them into my new teeth. You're not having them. <laughs> so, uh, he kills his wife with an axe. What a guy. But the song stops. But she now. dies in a pool of blood over the piano. Oh. So, silence. Which is pleasant. But I think he gets bored, too, because he commits suicide. <laughs> well. That's the only explanation I can think of. Did he? Couldn't handle the music. Couldn't handle the silence. Couldn't Weak handle the character. mess, probably. <laughs> Wait, there's no one here to clean this up. <laughs> God <laughs> damn it. The couple's bodies were found like a month later after the light went out. And they were just like, oh, no. Get these in the ground. Get someone else up here. Burn the piano. The records are extremely vague. So there's not really a way to know if this absolutely happens. But the thing is, it's not like crazy No, it's a pretty safe bet. Like, So the area is extremely isolated. And... There's no hospital around. There's no doctors. There's no anything. Like, people have been buried on that island. They don't know where, but they know there are bodies in the ground. And when a lighthouse keeper dies, and even if there's mysterious circumstances, no matter what, like, they look at the records, it just says deceased. There's no... No one has to do an investigation. No one does a post-mortem, you know? No one is sending stomach contents a way to be analyzed no love for the lighthouse keeper oh that's gonna be my summer romance novel (laughs) yeah yeah so this island and that home and the lighthouse are supposedly haunted Mm -hmm. as you can imagine yeah i would say probably every fucking lighthouse and every desolate island is probably haunted yeah There's reports of catching a glimpse of a young woman in period clothing who walks around the lighthouse, figure of a man working in the tower. But the thing that most people say they encounter is hearing piano music of a song being played over and over and over again. (laughs) Tequila! I would be so depressed if I were isolated in this lighthouse, but I still had to get up in full zhuzh. Like, I had to wear the long dress and the garters and the socks. <laughs> full zhuzh! <laughs> All dressed up and nowhere to go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, you're not seeing anybody and you're no. getting laced up to the fucking nines. It's not like it's hot, but, like, shorts would be nice, <laughs> I imagine. Well, we don't really know what they got up to. Maybe they didn't wear their period clothes. Mm. Maybe they went crazy. But I really <laughs> would say that that... Well, they did. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. But I would, I would be shocked 
if those conservative mainers wore anything less than a yeah. full neck to ankle coverage. Ah, uh, yeah. They really. I mean, I can't stress how. I don't know where conservative you'd buy clothes that main people like that are for women. You'd have to cut them up. Yeah. But then you're not going to get any more. So you're not going to do that. Yeah. I would wonder what would happen if she were to get pregnant. Well, they probably would have killed it because they went crazy and are murderers. Well, okay, well, I mean, well, then you're just like going to say that to everything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who would deliver it? They would just have to handle it. Yeah. There's no hospital. Probably no midwife for long distance. Yeah. She'd have to be her own midwife. Oh, then the kid would have to be raised in the lighthouse. God. That's ultimate homeschool. That's a book I'd like to read. The boy yeah. who was raised in a lighthouse. With the one song on the piano. Hmm. Maybe a music video? I'm seeing it's very atmospheric. I want to see it somewhere. Mm-hmm. There too. Something yeah. about a lighthouse. Okay. I'll put it out there. See what I can find. It's they're beautiful and depressing and scary all at once. I think that's really accurate. And I think there's a lot of haunted lighthouses around the US and especially on the East Coast. Mm-hmm. And I really want to um get up in there. Problem is, as desolate as they were in the past, they continue to be desolate and you have to like take a ferry or like a boat yeah. or I was looking up like stuff to do in Maine and it was like people get around in this area using and it was like a sunfish and I was like the fuck is a sunfish and I looked it up and it's like some kind of like it's like a it's like a longboard for the water like a surfboard but not and then it's got like a it's got like a a big flap a sail (laughs) (laughs) you could call it I guess might say a sail, but the professionals know we call them flaps. I mean, it's just a flap of fabric. Yeah. I mean, what yeah. is a sail? And then they just <laughs> use it, apparently, to transport themselves. I don't. Huh. Huh. Obviously, I'm from away. Uh, <laughs> but I just like could not wrap my head around that as a mode of transport. Sunfish. Here, let me... You yeah. should Google it. I'm going to Google it. Because I'm also not super sure. Sunfish. All right, America. I'm seeing a fish. <laughs> okay, that might just... I might just not know what it's called. But they might have named it after. Boat. Sunfish boat accessories. I see that. Okay. Oh, God, a sunfish is They're ugly. terrifying. They're like... If a stingray and a fish got like... When you when you go to like an arcade with someone and you do the thing where you take pictures with each other and then they morph them and see what kind of baby you would have, that's like if a if a stingray and an ugly fish had a morph picture baby, that's what sunfish. So like. just an ugly stingray. So a sunfish oh, is looks a like boat. A, oh yeah, like a a sailboat that like. It's like a bathtub. Okay. It's basically like a canoe with a sail that you stand on. Looks like fun. I I won't step foot on one. No. 
Hell no. Fuck no. So, that was the stories of Haunted Man. <laughs> you can't imagine the fun I had researching it. Oh, God. And the fun I had from the people talking about it. Uh, watched a lot of videos of, like, interview with Maine Lobster Man. Just being like, these are the females. And you can tell because we notched them. And that'll last for about three molts. Because it's deep. Oh, God. Yeah, it was a cultural experience. Um, yeah. I look forward okay. to seeing for myself. I'm excited. I'm very excited for you to go. You know what they said at the beginning of the documentary? They said, read the book Salem's Lot and and take away the vampires. And that'll give you a good idea of what Maine is like. And I've read Salem's uh. Lot. And I remember, the only thing I remember that's non-vampire related is that Stephen King's author insert character fucks a woman in a park outside, where parks typically are, <laughs> and and then she was once saying she was going to get ready and she was like, oh, I better stop eating chocolate, my complexion, and I was like, the fuck? And that made me judge Tabitha because I was like, I feel like... Stephen King just like writes all the wife characters like just as his wife because Wendy from The Shining and the woman in Salem's Lot are basically the same kind of like kook. Mm -hmm. They just like say crazy shit. Just like, oh, well, oh, well isn't that fun, goopy doopy loop? That's my impression. That Tabitha is like kind of crazy. Apparently, she's got a great main accent. Really? She reads an audiobook and apparently and that was get, that was like offered as a reference. Oh, I'd love that. I need to. Mm-hmm. I think if you read most any Stephen King book that's set in Maine, which is I think all, all of them, them. <laughs> you'll get a good vibe. I don't know. Okay. That's all I remembered, which is a kooky woman that said chocolate was going to ruin her complexion. Yeah, and then Salem's Lot a was a roll one, in the hay. That one didn't really focus on like the setting as much as a lot of his no, other ones it was did. mostly about the vampires. Yeah. Huh. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe there's some subtext we're missing. Um, I wonder but it if was really Stephen f- King has seen a ghost. I really don't know. Because he's got a lot of land. He he visited. Uh, the Stanley Hotel, and it gave him a creepy feeling, and that's what inspired him to write The Shining. But I don't know that he actually like had like a walk-in experience yeah. with a fucking spirit. And I think his mode of writing is more just like to take the inner terrors and make them external. I don't think he's necessarily like out there in his woods with an EMF detector. You know, like I think he uses it more as like that a- That would be so funny, but I could never see him. <laughs> we just run into each other late at night. <laughs> Steven? Tabitha? Your eyebrows look so much better than they did in the 70s. I'm so sorry. I just had to say it. It's so nice to meet you both. <laughs> well, maybe I'll run into them in Bahaba. But that's all I had to say. I love it. Maine. It's a scary place. It's a phantom's paradise. <laughs> um, Apparently. <laughs> And uh, I'm it. very pumped up to possibly visit this place, and I will tell y'all all about it. Okay, so they're known for yes. taffy. They're known for okay. whoopie pies. Ugh, okay. Moxie soda, 
which is a very interesting soda. I think I'd describe it as molassesy or musky. Oh. I don't know. Okay. I tried. It's very interesting. Like a husky Dr. Pepper. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and seafood. Right. Yeah, I'm excited. I've never had like real New England chowder before. Yeah, and the lobster. So yes, and I've never had lobster because I always thought it looked upsetting on my plate. Well, so I'm going to try to eat it in a way that doesn't make it obvious where it came from. So you're going to have someone else take it apart for you? <laughs> and I'll close my eyes. That's half the fun is feeling like a caveman them- and ripping into it. That is not fun to me. <laughs> that is literally the opposite of fun. That is horrible. I hate that. So maybe I'll get some kind of lobster roll situation. Ooh. Some kind of, yeah, some kind of fried, make yeah. it indistinguishable. Lobster rolls I, I'll take it in a popper. I'll take anything in a popper. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, I think that's about as much as we can riff on Maine. Oh, I love uh, it. If y'all have a scary story, please send it to us at letters to camp at gmail.com. Um, give us a rating, a review, and a subscription. We'd really appreciate it if you just flew in with five stars. That'd be great. Mm-hmm. Um, and just say a couple words. Fun. Positive. Cool. <laughs> Casual. They got moxie. Exactly. <laughs> and um, what else? We have an Instagram and a Facebook that you can like us at and also send us scary stories from there. Mm-hmm. We have a Redbubble account that you can get merch from if you want a mug or a tote and be very Brooklyn like me. Get a tote. Yeah. Um, I believe that's all I've got to say. Yeah. Yeah. Tune in next week. Oh, another riveting. <laughs> going on a plane tomorrow morning so if i die and this is our final episode it's been a pleasure oh god speaking into your ears oh, just god. kidding you know i'll come back in one way or another oh. <laughs> <laughs> man it's gonna be right, fun y'all. scheduling recording with a ghost i'm everywhere we won't need to schedule good point On that note, have a spooky night filled with restless dreams of haunted things. Bye. Bye, Barbara. (laughs) Later, Jimmy.